0: welcome to the latest pink podcast in the pink elephant podcast series dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices welcome to the key to transitioning from product to production with Gary Case I've been strategically involved with three winners and I believe that I've been strategically involved and we have had winners because we just don't focus on documenting a process we have to continue the documentation after we get done with the documentation into what do we do with this. And that's about really we move it out of a program and a project status into a production environment and it needs to be managed just like anything else we would do in release management. We're releasing, you could say, a CI into the environment and you need to take care of all the same uh, activities that you would do for anything else and then it continues. And so what I want to share with you this morning is a lot of... uh, the things that you have to look for as far as this whole transition. Because what we really end up with oftentimes is we have a a program that has a set of deliverables and we get the deliverables and then it's kind of like, okay, that's the end of it. Um, And I've even had other, uh, you know, uh, colleagues who have taken consulting projects and they just do it to the deliverable stage and then that's the end of it. And that's the way it was set up with the organization. And so I always try to insist that, you know, if we're involved in anything, and you should also ask if you have any external consultants involved in it, don't quit when you get the documentation done. It's much more than that. So in the beginning, you, you know, you really have a lot going on. We resource this. We spend a lot of money up front looking at it from a program and a project perspective. A project could be a single process that you're going to implement. Okay, that's all you're looking at. But when you start looking at, I'm going to have a three to a five-year Uh, program that I'm gonna be implementing multiple processes and I'm gonna be doing a lot of these in parallel and some in sequential evidence you need to have really this be a program with the program manager and then you're gonna have multiple projects underneath that project and with that you need to go on ahead and also take a look at it uh, that uh, you're gonna have to have this reporting relationship with all the executive sponsors, you could have process sponsors, you're gonna have steering committees, you're gonna have your core development team All of these are in place. We fund these as a part of programs and projects, okay? But what we don't think about oftentimes is what happens afterwards because really the project will close, the program will shut down, because you're done. Hopefully the process owner has not been scared away and they're still around, but you can find them, because they're an integral part of what you need to do to move into the production and stay in the production. But really what it comes down into is who owns all of this, okay, afterwards. And it's not a single person you're gonna find out where uh, accountability and responsibility is a shared accountability and responsibility as you go through. And I know you've been in any of our sessions and you hear about an ARC or a racy, and there's only one accountable person that you could have and that's true to an extent but you have to understand where that accountability really lies. So often everybody wants to say the process owner is accountable for the world, okay? Well, that's not true. You know, the sessions that you just went through I bet that there was a a level of accountability throughout this entire mission from all the planning, the execution to the end. And then let's not forget, do you think that mission stopped when that shuttle landed? How many months, if not years, and maybe still today, they are doing stuff from that mission? They're learning continuous improvement, identifying changes, identifying ways to improve whatever we do to be more efficient and more effective. The shuttle program when that particular mission did not stop when they landed and the same thing has to be there. Now the one thing I want to talk about, I'm going to go back here a second, when we talk about this kind of a structure uh, and who's out there, you're going to have uh, a couple things from a program and I just want to say this because I've seen it happen too much, is that in many programs there are two tracks. There is the process track and then there is the tool track. And what I will tell you here is that in every situation I have personally, me, Gary, been encountered with is that the tool is not under the program structure, it fails. In every situation that that has happened, it has failed. Okay? They are integral. They have got to be managed from a single scope, activity, deliverable, otherwise you're going to run into problems and that's my personal experience. I don't want you to take it back and say Pink said, I want you to say Gary said, okay? Because that's been a personal experience is that if you have to have that program structure to include both the process and the tool, otherwise you run into some real problems. So major failures of implementations. Companies have spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars and I have personally worked in companies where it's been over a million, well over a million dollars to implement ITIL and you're gonna say, well that's awful expensive and folks, that is not any external costs. That is your internal costs. That's the people attending the, the design team meetings. That is people attending uh, you know, any uh, sessions. That's the, attending the training. Uh, you're gonna have training costs. You're gonna to have tool costs. If you get the tool costs involved for some of you, then that number is gonna be much higher than maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Of course, this is all relative in how large is your organization. But we spend a lot of money to talk about developing and let's get this deployed and implemented, but yet we don't spend any time thinking and we don't invest anything in what happens afterwards. And that's the risk. How many times have you had, or people in your organization say, well this has failed in the past, that's failed in the past. So you have to think ahead. It's a strategic decision that it's never too soon to start thinking about what do we need to have in the production or operation environment when we deploy this new process. It's just like deploying a new application. What do you need to have in there? It's the same things that you have to take into consideration. If you don't do it, there's a huge risk. A huge risk. I worked in one organization that had gone through and this was, uh, it was a different program. I'm just giving this as an example. It had nothing to do with ITIL implementation. But they had another program. They had spent millions of dollars on this particular program and they had not thought about who they were gonna hand it off to. This was years ago. Still today, it's a program because there's no one who wants to accept it in production. Okay? It's still being managed as a program and I think it'll go that way for a long time because no one is going to be willing to accept it. So you have to understand that if you're going to ask someone to accept this, you have to have your organizational structure, your governance in place, all of that to make sure that it can be done. Otherwise it's going to be a huge risk, you're going to fall backwards. Program is responsible for all of these things, I'm not going to read every bullet. And I probably missed some things and some of you are in here, program managers and project managers and say well that's not on the list, well the list could be very you know, extensive. But pretty much it's all about communication, strategy, plans, that doesn't go away because you implemented it. Who does the training? It's about the process development, it's about the process documentation. It's about identifying tool requirements. It's about modifying the tools to meet the requirements. It's going to be about making sure all the roles have been not only documented, but we actually have them filled within the organization. And we have a commitment from management that we're actually going to allow people to do what their role says. How many times do you have people out there that, you know, it's like they have a role of being something, a change manager, change coordinator, but it's, well, go fight fires. They don't get a chance. The last bullet, identifying continuous process improvement opportunities, isn't that a post uh, implementation activity? And the answer is absolutely yes, without a doubt. However, your program may run three to five years. You better be defining continuous improvement opportunities as you go through this three to five year program. Uh, Chances are when you implement or start developing and implementing your first process, you've already got a lot of ah aha's that you're going to use when you start rolling out the second phase. But that's a big thing is who owns continuous improvement. It does not happen by accident. It has got to be planned, scheduled, resourced, and driven in the post implementation activity. So you have a lot of things that really is up there. And guess what? None of this goes away after you implement. You still have to communicate. You still have to train but you have to develop new documents maybe or modify your documentation. So it's then gonna drive a modification to your training documentation. Who does that? Then you have to have the training delivered. Who does that? New process is gonna to drive tool requirements. Who's gonna manage the tool requirement spectrum? Who's gonna go through and do the modifications of the tool? Who's gonna to implement the tool? And oh, by the way, we don't want to implement a tool without the training. So now let's combine process and tool training. Same thing we do in program and projects, but this has to be managed outside of it. Now, this is a real life. It's a production environment. Someone has to be accountable and responsible for this. Thank you for listening to this week's Pink Podcast. Please join us next week for a new podcast session.